0: How are you doing, friends? Combat Addict here for another edition. Edition, not edition. I'm horrible at edition. Math was never my strong suit, ever. Of My Mouth Does the Talking, the regular show. Uh, Usually, we talk about combat sports on this podcast. Usually that's what we do, but when I started this podcast, really I was just supposed to talk about whatever the fuck I wanted to, and so (laughs) that is what we are going to do today. (laughs) Actually, not really. What we're going to do is do that today, but then you guys are all going to hear this on Saturday. Because, I'm recording this video a day early, and the reason that I'm recording this video a day early, I can't tell you guys. It's a fucking surprise. I wish I could tell you, but I feel like you'll be way more fucking stoked if I just drop the bomb on you in a reveal, like, two days from now. Hopefully I could do it tomorrow, but I don't know. We'll see. In any case... I need all of tomorrow off so that I can get this shit done. You feel me? I got some shit that I need to fucking do. I've got some fucking business that I need to run through the system of life. And in order to do that, I need my Saturday. So I cannot take the time to do all of this shit tomorrow. So (laughs) I'm doing it now today, on Friday, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna do this fucking crazy thing where I schedule this video and podcast to come out tomorrow. Fucking mind-blowing, I know, I don't know how I thought of it, I'm a fucking genius, and uh, YouTube needs to hire me because I'm fucking hilarious, and I am, am so smart, that, uh, like, without all of these ideas that I give them, they're basically nothing, you know? I do you, I mean, I don't even know if you guys have ever, ever even heard of YouTube. I'm probably the first person on YouTube that you've ever seen. This is probably the first YouTube video that you've ever witnessed only because you wanted to see me. And so now I'm realizing that I am the shit and without me scheduling videos to release a day later than they usually do, or would, that I am an internet god and YouTube needs to respect me. Anyways, enough of my silliness for now. (laughs) For now, let's be real. I'm going to be silly again in probably five minutes or so. A lot of crazy shit going on in the world, man. A lot of crazy shit. But let's start with the things that I just wanted to talk about simply because they came into my mind. Because usually that's how this thing goes. We'll start with something light. We'll start with something light. Has anybody uh, heard of a uh, mandala? <laughs> mandala is like this beautiful pattern. That can be created. It's like if you could take a kaleidosco- kaleidoscope and then still image it, like still frame it, and then throw it onto a, a canvas or something. That's kind of what a mandala looks like. Look them up. They fucking look amazing. They're beautiful. And there are these monks that make these mandalas out of, I think it's sand or something like that. And it takes them fucking forever. Um. I just thought about these guys I haven't I should probably should have done more research on these guys before I started talking about it but the point is this was just a thought and passing that I had that I wanted to talk about and I get the gist of what they do you know um, basically these monks create these beautiful immaculate and no, that's not the word I was looking for these beautiful intricate yep intricate patterns right with sand, okay? Incredible detail. It's like if somebody fucking. Like, I'm talking. We're, we're talking like. If you look at it, it looks like somebody could have drawn it with a pen, you know what I mean? And they did it with sand. So you gotta think about how much time, how delicate they've gotta be, like layering the sand on with their little utensils that, you know, have like this little spout that comes out, right? Takes forever, right? And then, after they're done creating this thing over like however many days it takes them to make it, these monks just sweep it all away. They just sweep it all away. And if I'm not mistaken, like I said, this is just a thought I had in passing. We're trying to keep it light right now. I should probably do more research on these things so I could actually talk more intelligently about them. I know I had seen this before. Anyways, point is, they wipe this shit away, right? And I think it's supposed to be about the impermanence of everything. And how and how everything you experience now is not only temporary, but sort of I- I- illusory. You know? It's like the ultimate sunk cost fallacy. The sunk cost fallacy is like... Just be, go, don't throw bad money after good money. That's basically the sunk cost fallacy. People often do the opposite of that, which is the, the fallacy. When you, when, you do, when you do throw bad money after good money, you are falling victim to the sunk cost fallacy. And their, their, their approach is like, it doesn't matter how like much work you put into something. It doesn't matter how beautiful it is. It doesn't fucking matter and we're just gonna wipe it away every time it's like the ultimate like we put all of this effort into it and it's all gone in seconds and that concept just got me thinking like here we all are doing our absolute best to build something I mean I assume that all of us are trying to build something However successful or unsuccessful you are at building anything, whether you're in the preliminary stages, whether you're farther along down that path, we're all trying to build something, I imagine, right? And it's just, it's almost, it's almost fucking absurd. Here we all are trying to build shit in our lives, in our, in our week to week, day to day lives. And there are these men out there who are just shitting all over the hard work that they that they do. Just just wiping a bunch of shit away. Just 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 focusing on the impermanence and the unimportance of everything as opposed to trying to build something inside of a society so that you can be recognized for it. That's what I'm trying to say without sounding like such a jackass. It's just weird. And to me, my whole thing is like, how can they even do that? My, 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 thing is this, even if you meditate all the time and you go and you, 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 you spend all of your time with Tibetan monks for four months and you make mandalas and wipe them away and all that shit, right? Do you, as an average person, I mean, anybody, do you really feel like you would be able to go back? to normal life and live like that? I almost don't even believe that those monks really feel that way. I actually almost believe that the mandala has got to be like the 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 isolated instance of that kind of behavior. I, I just, it's crazy to me that a monk, for example, would, I don't know, because I'm pretty sure monks can do regular people shit, right? Like I'm sure a monk can, I don't know, Start a business if he wants to or something like that, right? It just seems odd to me that a monk would do something like start a business, work work the business for years, get it, get it started up, and then one day when he feels like it, just close everything down. Just close it all down. And a lot of people, okay, well, a lot of people will say like he's not going to do that because there are obviously employees and stuff that he works with, blah, 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 that he doesn't want to do that with. But let's say it's something else. Let's say it's something independent. Let's say it's, let's say it's a, a YouTuber or a creator. They just build a fan base over over five years. Five years, and they get a huge fan base from this, right? And then one day, they just delete everything. Just wipe it all. Not only that, it's not like anybody forced them to do this. It's not like they have to do this. They just are like, no, no, no. Life is impermanent. Nothing is important. This is all an illusion." And they just get rid of it. I don't know, man. I feel like there's gotta be a fucking limit to to how how far you can extend the principle of the Mandala and what these monks do. That is crazy to me. And I seriously wonder. I I wonder to myself, like, can, can they do that? Can they do that with other things? Because if you can do that with a mandala, that's one thing. If you know you're making it so that you can wipe it away and it's supposed to be symbolic and not really, you know, how you go about your everyday life, that's different. But I assume there's gotta be a monk out there who, who really would do that with all kinds of shit. And maybe that's why monks don't have anything. Maybe that's why monks, like, all they do is just Bathe in in freezing cold and in blazing hot water and and eat rice and sit. Man, I medit okay, listen, I meditated for an hour for an hour a day, six days out of the week for months. Alright? And I'll tell you guys right now, I did not reach enlightenment. It didn't happen. I'm not saying it didn't affect the way that I think. I'm not saying it didn't affect the way that I feel. I'm not saying it didn't make me more perceptive. Okay? It might have I don't know if it did cuz to be honest that could just be age could be I don't know but it seems to me that meditation had a big influence or a lot to do with how I've changed in the past year at the very least Alright. now that's me doing that six hours a week for like literally man I'm, t- I'm talking okay I started okay I'll be generous with the timeline I started in September, and I stopped meditating every day or, or, or six days a week in, like, call it April. April is, like, the third month, so seven months, because September is 9 to 12 plus 3, so 4 plus 3 is 7, right? Seven months, seven Months, and there was one point where I think I was meditating every day, and it's crazy when you do that because everything is man. Okay, try this if you can stomach it because so it's hard. I'm not even gonna lie to you, it is hard. Okay, meditating if you're doing it right or not right, but if you're doing it in the way where you sit in a specific position and you ignore discomfort and you ignore agitation and pain, requires you to have a very strong mind in that there were times where, multiple times, where I'm meditating and my knees are on fire. Like, I'm in so much pain. But because I am trying to be uninfluenced by the world around me, I just have to focus on the pain and repeat it as, as a as a mantra. It isn't my personal mantra, but repeat it as a mantra that simply says pain, 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 pain. And before you know it, you stop thinking about the pain. It's gone. You're not worried about the pain anymore. Or if you are worried about the pain again, there's a period where you kind of forget about it and it's not as important and blah, 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 and then, oh, I got pain again. Okay. And then I just have to think the pain. pain pain and before you know it you're not thinking about it anymore it's fucking weird but it works okay now imagine being in pain at minute 45 and for 15 minutes you've just got to deal with whatever that is like you just have to feel it right i don't know if all monks do that i think i might just be crazy and uh i want to you know want to push my limits uh as many of you know, I was planning to, you know, get into a cage and and fight another human being for a long time. And so in my mind, I thought, well, at the very least this is training. If I can if I can force myself to endure this pain, right? Which really is not coming from anything other than just okay, well my joint has been in this position for a long time. Right? So I imagine it's not too damaging. But if I can endure this pain, when I get into a fight and I get hit in the face, I'm not gonna give a shit. I'm gonna be like, I've been in pain for 15 minutes straight. Do you think I give a fuck that you hit me in the face? And that was the approach that I took toward fighting. And honestly, I believe that if you're gonna be a fighter, pain training should be a part of what you do. If you haven't done pain training, if you haven't found things that hurt like a motherfucker, and done them for prolonged periods of time, you're at a severe disadvantage. Because one day, you're gonna have an Israel Adesanya Kevin Gastelum slugfest, and if you aren't mentally there, if you aren't tough enough to understand that, like, you're gonna be in so much pain that your body is going to shout at you, it's gonna tell you to quit, and you have to be used to telling your body to shut the fuck up. If you don't understand that, you're gonna get finished. So that's why I sat through all that. I don't know if monks do that, but that's why I did right now. That's hard. The point that I started with is that that is really hard, man. If you want to do that, if you want to get to a place where you you change yourself through meditation, you're going to have to meditate a lot. And if you're not willing to do it all at one time because the pain is too much, that's okay. But then it gets hard because you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. You have to, if you're going to meditate, okay, let's say you, okay, 30 minutes and, and you start to feel pain, so you stop. So you meditate for, uh, for for 30 minutes twice a day. Mind you, I'm talking about just doing meditation for an hour a day, but only six days out of the week. An hour, six days out of the week you do, right? You still have to find the time to not only do that meditation, But to do it every week. Okay? I did this. I did this. And I still don't know if I could live my life like that. Just wipe everything. That's crazy. I mean, I wiped my social media. I literally deleted all of my social media. Except for this podcast and this YouTube channel. By the way, shout out to The Combat Addict. Uh, That's the Twitter handle. That's the Instagram handle. Uh, and you guys already know what the what the YouTube is, so you ain't gotta worry about that. Um, but other than that, man, like to to build something up and then just have to wipe all of it like that. That's the kind of impermanence that these guys are talking about. That is the level that they're on. Like these are the kinds of people. Like if they lose everything, like let's say that they don't believe in just wiping all of the progress that they make, right? But one day you know uh, a a hurricane comes through and it it destroys a house what they built that they built with their own hands and it kills their 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 lemur monkey you know what i mean that they had as a pet for years that they found in the wilderness and 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 you know their favorite basketball player gets fucking i don't know coronavirus and is out for the season right all of that happens and these are the kinds of people who are just like All is well with the world, or not even that. They'll just be like the world doesn't even exist. Like none of this is real. <laughs> we're all we're all just just being. I don't even know what they believe anymore. I, I'm just talking out of my ass now. We're all just being reincarnated over and over and over again. And what we really want is to be, you know, that's that's not even Buddhism. That's like um, Hinduism. Look, man. Point is, these people do not do not care about things of this world. And I meditated for an for, for for an hour, six days out of the week. And I still cannot fathom just being okay with that. So I can't, I don't know what, like how these guys must have done it, man. Like if I'm meditating that much, maybe I'm just doing it wrong. And I'm still kind of just like a regular guy. I can only imagine how much time these guys have spent doing nothing, which is exactly what meditation is. Meditation is just the absence of anything else other than your consciousness. And even your consciousness is constantly trying to be unconscious in that it is focusing on your breathing so that you don't think, or that if you do think, you don't grab onto any of the thoughts that you have. So that's crazy in itself. When you say it like that, honestly, meditation does kind of sound like a waste of time, but it's not. It's not a waste of time. It's actually very helpful. Uh, I have not I have not done it for a while. The last time I did it probably like a month, maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago. And uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I put my time in. I, I'll probably do it again. I'll probably, I will probably go through another phase in my life where I really feel like I need to be mindful and I'll probably start meditating again, but I don't think I'm gonna do an hour or six days out of the week again, because that was crazy, man. Because sometimes sometimes what would happen is you'd meditate for five days straight and then you take the sixth day off because you're tired or something. And then you take the seventh day off because you're also tired. But then you gotta meditate for seven straight days the next week. And it's not even that you have to meditate for seven straight days the next week. You gotta meditate seven days straight And then you got to start the cycle of six over again. So in some instances, you're meditating for like 13 days straight for an hour every day, right? It was crazy. It was it was crazy. It was it was wild, man. And there were some weeks where I was just like, dude, this is like, this is like not. It's not torture, but it's really, really, really testing my discipline, and like draining my ability, like. Like, it's forcing me to be so disciplined. Man, there was a point where I was so disciplined, it was crazy. It was insane. I already told you I was meditating for like an hour, six days out of the week. Okay, let me tell you what I was doing on top of that. On top of that, I was eating minimal sugar. When I'm talking minimal sugar, what I mean to say is that anything that would be purchased because the benefit of it is that it has sugar in it and you you would like it, any kind of treat? No, didn't even touch it. I'm talking like I would have one donut a month. And that was if somebody in my workplace brought donuts in, I would not go out of my way to get a donut. And I did this for a while. Cause like I said, I was trying to fight, right? That's what I was trying to do. And Dominic Cruz said it himself, stay ready. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. And I'll tell you right now, that is the attitude. I'm so serious. That is the attitude right there. If you look, man, a lot of these guys in the UFC apparently they eat like garbage 99% of the time. And I think that that's so crazy. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. No sense. If you get a nutritionist. I mean, you got to have the money to after a certain point, right? If you get a nutritionist and you say, "Listen, I want you to" or maybe you don't you don't you don't you don't um have the ability to get a nutritionist 24-7 so that you can make weight, right? Say that say, say that that's the case. At the very least, you can't take some cooking classes and learn how to cook, cook something healthy, you know what I'm saying, for five days out of the week and, and then and then on the weekend if you want, you can you know have a snack here and there. If you do that, I'm sure that, that making weight is gonna be much easier, you know? I mean, I'm not going to say that 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 is also going to be completely 100% easy as well, man. Because the more you eat that stuff, the more you want it. That's the truth. Ever since I started eating that stuff again, because I did, I want it more frequently. I don't pig out all the time. But I'll eat 12 cookies in two days. (laughs) And I'm talking big cookies. Like I showed you in the last last video. For those of you who, who are listening to this on the podcast, you don't know what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is that... I can see how as a fighter, especially being hungry all the time, because you train so much, that keeping your diet right would be really hard. But my philosophy when I was trying to fight was, man, you just need to stay ready. Just don't eat any of that stuff and you won't get the cravings for it, which is true. I'm gonna tell you this factually. If you don't eat sugar for like a month, I'm talking like don't eat any sugary cereal, don't eat any chocolate, don't drink any sugary drinks, don't even drink juice, just drink water and like if you want milk. You or or or, or get a get a get a, a protein shake if you want like some flavor. You know what I'm saying? And mix it in with some with some with some with some water. You know what I mean? And that can be your your little smoothie or whatever, right? You do that, you will not want any sugar. You won't. And even if you want it, you will be able to refrain from having any. I'm telling you, man, because I've done it multiple times. Just cut all of the sugar out. And it's crazy how your your body reacts. When you try to have sugar again, you can really only have, like, I'm going to be straight with you. If there's a full cookie, you could probably eat, like, maybe one. cookies before it's like I'm good I'm done and even then it's like it might take you a while to eat that cookie because it's so sweet it's so sweet so if you're a fighter and you want to stay ready like you just got to understand and recognize that this is a cost of doing business you know what I mean if you're the kind of fighter where it's like okay well the first like two or three weeks after a fight I'll eat like garbage or whatever okay whatever I get you after that Man, all you need to do is do a hard detox. Do a hard detox on the sugar, and that's one thing out of the window right away. You know what I mean? The next thing to go is the fats and the oils. That's a little bit harder because I love fats and oils. Even when I wasn't eating sugary stuff a lot, every once in a while, I would get some lace stacks. I love lace stacks, bro. The salt and vinegar, oh, man, I will eat those until my mouth bleeds. I fucking love lace stacks. I love lay stacks, bro. But that's what you got to do, man. If you want to be disciplined, if you want to, if you want to, I got this boxing glove on the ground. Look at this. If you want to be disciplined, if you want um, to, to, to eat well, then truthfully, all you got to do is detox, man. You just got to Detox doesn't matter doesn't matter how big you are how small you are how 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 obese or unbeast you are <laughs> obese or unbeast, um you just gotta do a detox man and then keep the detox going as long as you can keep the detox going then it's fine it's like it's almost like quitting any other drug man you get past that first part where you know where it's like you got a lot of cravings and really after that all you have to do is just say no for the rest of your life or however long you wanna do it. like For me, marijuana, I just have to say no, forever. (laughs) I just have to say no, and I have. I quit it, I got over the hump, and I've been in multiple uh, situations where people have offered me marijuana or whatever, and every time I'm just like, no, I don't even give them the option where it's like, oh, I shouldn't. No, fuck that, I'm gonna tell you this right now. If you're trying to quit something, That is it. You're leaving the door open. That's what you're doing when you do that. If you're trying to quit something and you've quit for like a month or two months or however long and somebody goes, hey, man, you want to drink? And you were an alcoholic and you go, man, I really shouldn't. That's playful. A and B, whether or not you want to whether or not you want to acknowledge it. What you are hoping for deep down in your soul is that that person is going to talk you into taking the drink. You're hoping that that person is going to give you permission to do the thing that you wouldn't give yourself permission to do on your own. When you quit something, you have to recognize that you are not just prohibiting yourself from offering uh, that substance to you. You are prohibiting every single other person from offering that substance to you. So you got to say no immediately. It's You can't hesitate. Because if you hesitate... And here's the thing. Look, man. We we as human beings, we want to share in things. If I'm getting high or I'm getting drunk, I want somebody else to get high and drunk with me. Okay? So naturally, if I feel like there's some wiggle room in that, ah, well, I really shouldn't do it. I'm going to be like, come on. You know, I'll, I'll butter you up. It's your birthday. Come on. Well, you're with me. You only live once. Whatever. And you... The person who really doesn't want to do it, the person who really doesn't want to do it deep, deep down in your soul, who is an addict, is going to be like, well, you know, I mean, it's probably not that big of a deal. I mean, this guy seems pretty cool with it. I mean, what could go wrong? And then before you know it, you slide back into this into this uh, addiction that you didn't want anything to do with, Right. And it's going to be the same thing with anything you try to quit, including sugar. If you're trying to quit sugar, I don't care why you're trying to quit sugar. If you're if you're trying to quit sugar because you're a fighter and you're trying to shred. If you're quitting sugar because you're obese and you don't want to be obese anymore. If you're quitting sugar because you have a million fucking cavities in your mouth. It doesn't matter. All that you need to know is that it is going to fucking suck in the beginning. And then it's going to kind of suck after that point in time but that you always say no right away. And not only that you say no, but I I I've, I've noticed that this works really well. You also say I can't do that anymore. Or no, I can't have that anymore. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't mesh well with me. It doesn't work with me. When you say that to somebody, they are much less likely to be like, "Oh, come on, try it." Because at that point, it's clear that you have made a life choice, a decision for your life that goes something like, this thing is destructive for me, and I'm trying to tell you that. They recognize that. When I say, oh, I can't do that anymore, man, it's not not for me, you know what I'm saying? I can't do it. Or they'll ask you, what do you mean you can't do it anymore? And then you give them the reason why you can't do it, and you're not only telling them you're reminding yourself, and it's important that you do that, because the longer the longer the time that's passed that you've quit, the less of a big deal it seems, because you can't really fully remember what it was like to be addicted to this thing, because the truth of the matter is you are no longer in the perceptive field of addiction, like you, like you don't have an addicted mind anymore. The addicted mind knows what it's like to be addicted, right? The addicted mind knows this and you may be able to remember how hard it was to fight cravings, but the longer that you've, that you've been away from that thing, it's, 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 I assume it's harder to remember what that feels like. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I can kind of remember what it was like to be addicted to marijuana and some other things. So maybe that's not true. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass, though. But that's why this podcast is called My Mouth Does the Talking. Because I just fucking go. Anyways. Look, man. You gotta get over the hump. And the hump is the phase where cravings could really actually force you to do the thing. That is what I think the hump is. There's a huge hump at the beginning where it's like you just can't even control yourself. You can't even make it like two or three days without doing this thing. But then the biggest hump... Is Getting to a point where you could go like a whole week. and just feel nothing Right and then Once you hit that point man once you hit that point where you could go like a week without doing without doing it You know what I'm saying once you could fight a craving off on one day and not feel anything again for like five days eight days At that point everything is just saying no It's a lot of saying no to yourself in the beginning and it's a it's it's a it's a it's a little bit of saying no to everybody else from that point on. So back to me being disciplined. See, this is this is why this podcast is crazy because I I don't know how anybody is gonna be able to follow my train of thought when I just fucking jump back and forth like this. But this is just how my shit works. Okay. So so get this. I wasn't eating any sugar. And when I say I wasn't eating any sugar, it's not even just that. I wasn't eating any sugar, and I was eating all of my vegetables raw. Raw. I was I was not I was not with the fucking let me boil this and put butter and salt on that. No fuck that. That's gonna make cutting weight really hard. So I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna eat them raw. With chicken. With chicken that's had that has seasoning rubbed on it, and rice. Straight rice. Maybe a little bit of butter on on the rice, a little bit of salt in the rice, but we'll cut it out during fight week. Right? Okay? And on top of that, I was doing ice cold showers. Ice cold. I'm talking like, when I started doing these, I was like, I couldn't even breathe when I stepped in the water. I was like, (laughs) I had to like, learn to control my breathing. I had to learn to control my breathing and just breathe in like, (sighs) and get used to the water, and then you can start to breathe a little bit more normally. I was doing ice cold showers right before I went to my room to go meditate. So I'm doing stuff like this every day, every day. This is how disciplined I was at that time. It was crazy, man. I'm telling you, I was a machine. I really was a machine. I honestly believe, and I'm so serious, if you were a fighter and you needed a mentality, that is the mentality. Cuz I man, I was on a fucking mission. There was nothing. There was nothing that was going to stop me. I'm eating raw vegetables and showering in ice cold water, meditating for an hour and pain training. I'm telling you right now, there was no fucking way that there's no fucking way that I will ever be broken. Because I'm I'm not doing that now, so I can look at it differently now, you know what I'm saying, looking back at it, I'm like, that guy was fucking insane, that guy was crazy, he was like, man, I'm telling you, nobody wants to fight that guy, nobody wants to fight that guy, I was ready to die, man, I was seriously ready to die, that was crazy. That was a very very dark <laughs> very dark period man very dark one of the funnest i mean i love training don't get me wrong and i'm still gonna do that once everything opens back up i'm gonna roll on the mat my gi let's get the jujitsu going again but but yeah man it was uh, it was intense maybe not, not maybe not even just dark but just very intense very intense I think I had peaked for the first time. That's how intense I was training. I was training five days a week, two hours. This is on top of work, mind you. Like, I, like, okay, everything I just told you plus work. So I was working, then I was going to the gym, then I was training for two hours, jujitsu to Muay Thai, MMA to wrestling, whatever it was for that day. Then I was getting home at nine, then I was eating my raw vegetables, taking my cold shower, and at 10.30, I was meditating for an hour, and then I'd go to bed at 11.30. That was my day. Like, man, I'm telling you, it was, it was really, like, I was on some other shit completely, man. I was really on a mission. I was like, I'm getting into a fucking cage, and I'm ending whoever's on the other side. That was the mentality. It was like, it's happening. It's happening man craziness craziness and even with all that discipline I still don't know (laughs) if I could be as chill about this shit as these monks as these monks are about life man it's crazy anyways man I don't know if I got to my 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 main point or not but Fuck it, man. That was some shit I was thinking about. Or at least the first thing was what I was thinking about. And then all that other shit, that was literally just me fucking off script talking right now. Which I like. I enjoy doing this. This is this is fun. I like this. I used to just talk to myself sometimes. Because I grew up in a household where when somebody was angry, they used to just kind of rant to themselves. So I guess I picked it up. You know what I mean? I picked it up. If I saw something that was just fucking stupid, just dumb, just fucking dumb. <laughs> I would rant to myself, man. I'd freak the fuck out in my in my own little space in my room and just talk shit. Just talk shit to the wall for a fucking 45 minutes and say the same point over and over. <laughs> say the same point over and over and over again same thing a million times <laughs> and it felt it, it felt good every time i said the point every single time it always felt it always felt better every time i said it every time i talked myself into a circle and landed on the exact same point that i made 5 minutes prior i loved it <laughs> Oh my fucking god, man. That shit was crazy. Anyways, man. That's that's really like, that's where the idea to even do this came from. Just because I'm always just talking shit to the wall. So I might as well talk shit to a camera and fucking <laughs> put it up there for somebody else to, to hear. Why not, right? Alright. Alright. Another thing I thought about. I don't even know if we're going to get to all the shit that we have to talk about today. We got a lot of shit to talk about. I always say that, and then the video always ends up being an hour. I don't know how the fuck (laughs) that happens. So, I was thinking about anxiety, because I have not been diagnosed with anxiety, but I have felt anxiety before. Really serious anxiety. I mean... Man, the anxiety that I have felt is like, man, it's earth shattering. Like, the shit that I have felt is crazy. But because I have felt it for so long and for, you know, in so many instances, I've almost become used to it. And when I say I've become used to it, I've, I've, I've figured out a way to operate in a way that is almost beneficial considering mm-hmm. I have anxiety. And that is an alarm that I'm going to dismiss. That's actually an alarm for the video tomorrow. It's funny that it went off right now. So, this anxiety in me, it used to make me shrink, you know? And if you're not careful, anxiety will do that. It will make you shrink. But now, it's like I've felt it for so long It creates something else in me completely, something completely different. Last night, I had a spell of anxiety. It was very intense. I could feel it in my chest. It's where I get my anxiety. And that's where I feel a lot of things. And let me tell you something. I felt something that was reminiscent of the guy who I talked about before, who was crazy, hella disciplined and ready to take your fucking head off. And I theorized that what had happened was that I was actually in fight or flight mode, like the anxiety had triggered my fight or flight mechanism, and that what I was in was fight mode. And that what I was dealing with before, where you know, where you where you shrink, that was the flight. And I was like, wait a fucking second. Is that what anxiety is doing to me? Is it is that what anxiety does to you? Does it throw you in to fight or flight? And I Googled it. I didn't fucking research this. <laughs> I need to fucking research these things. Cause this is a cool fucking Man, honestly, I want to know about this. I'm going to research this. But I didn't this time. I'm sorry, guys. I need to do better with the fucking references and shit. But what I saw on Google, the preliminary findings, were that, yes, anxiety can throw you into fight or flight. And so I went, oh, my fucking God. No wonder I was ready to fucking kill a bitch like 24-7 a couple of months ago. I was dealing with this anxiety, right? And it was was putting me into a, a goddamn frenzy where I was like, man, you don't understand. It was like, it was like, it was like, I couldn't even help it. It was like my eyes were wider. It was like I had my eyes open like this or something the whole time, no matter what I did. Like I just, I wasn't trying to have my eyes open that wide. They were just open that wide. And I could just feel this thing in my chest and I'm standing up straight, like really straight. And I can just feel the broadness of my fucking shoulders and the weight of my body. I can just feel the fucking power that exists, that resides within me. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I need to hit something. Like I need to punch a bag. I need to punch pads. I need to fucking hurt a fucking um, um, mat right now. I need to kick something really fucking hard. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, that is what it's doing. It's throwing me, or that's what it did. It threw me into this survival mode. So no wonder I was, I was, um, so, so intense. So intense because it's like my body thinks that we're, we're we're fucking in a fight for our fucking life. My body is reacting like I have to fucking dummy something right now. But not just right now and then adrenaline goes down. I'm talking like nee, just soaring. Just constant fight mode, fight mode, fight mode, fight mode, fight mode, fight mode. And it's really fucking crazy. It's crazy it's fucking crazy, man, just to be in fight mode for, like, an hour and a half straight, it's really weird, it's really weird, because you gotta go about your life and do normal shit, like, you gotta fucking, you gotta go fucking cook food and and shower, and, and the entire time you're sitting there Looking at the food like like a fucking maniac. Right? It's weird, man. It's weird. But yeah, man, I'd rather be in fight mode than flight mode, though. Flight mode is fucking weak. Flight mode is fucking shitty. And I think that that's really what happened. I think I just got tired of being in flight mode. And that's what happened, man. I got I got really I got really aggravated and angry and and and, and upset with the world and I, I was like, you know what? I love I love combat sports, I love fighting, and I'm gonna get into a cage and somebody is going to hurt. <laughs> somebody is going to be in a lot of pain. But I think it was less about inflicting pain on other people and more about getting out my frustration you know it's less about thinking about how much i can hurt them and more you know what i'm saying and more about how i can hurt them the most satisfying way which i just realized that sounds kind of sick <laughs> that sounds kind of fucking crazy now that i just said that but that really is what it that that is what it is man that really is what it was too it was like i didn't just want to win I didn't want to just go in there and, you know, one punch, knock somebody out. No, no, no. I want to dismantle you. Like, I want to, I want to really leave you barren in there and fucking cut you open and, and, and really play with my food. Like, seriously, that's, that's, that's what I wanted. And, uh, yeah, man, that explains it. That explains it. I'll tell you that much. Cause, uh, that was fucking crazy. I felt that last night and I was like, whoa, is this what I was dealing with? That's nuts. Anyways, uh, alright, what else? Man, there's so much shit. There is so much shit that we're going to talk about today. Um... I watched a movie, I think it's called American Made with Tom Cruise, and uh, there's a scene in this movie where, or a couple scenes in this movie, where different agencies, government agencies of the United States, whether it be the ATF, DEA, or FBI, are all working separately. And because they're all working separately, it's like they've got different interests. So, I don't... uh, Spoiler alert, okay? Sorry. I may spoil this movie for you, but honestly, it wasn't that good, so I don't really fucking care. Basically, this guy was flying guns down to Nicaraguan... Uh, rebels for the government as sort of a proxy war because the government at that time in the what was it the 70s was fighting against communism and the rebels were trying to topple the government I believe but while he was doing that he was also bringing drugs back to the States so here's the thing the DEA catches this guy because the CIA leaves him out to rot and the DEA wants him for the drugs and the ATF who deal with firearms they want him for the guns because he's not supposed to have these guns uh, the guns weren't even American made. They were Kalashnikovs that were that were that were almost like stolen, essentially, confiscated, like in the way where a cop would confiscate con- confiscate somebody's weed and then smoke it in their car. That's basically what the guns were like for the United States. And so the ATF wanted them for the guns, but the government was 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 still trying to fight communism. So it was like he got caught, and then the government was like, and the ATF, the DA is like, we want him for the drugs, and the ATF is like, we want him for the guns, and then he walks out of the of the police station unscathed because the government wants Nicaragua for the communism, and I just thought to myself. It's so interesting that you have not only these agencies competing against each other for laying charges, but you also have, like, just interests that can override all of that. The government, as a proxy, is just like, Yeah, we're all competing for something here and what I say goes so we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna take Nicaragua down for communism for communism fuck the drugs and the and the the guns. It's just weird. And it's just weird that the ATF would be like no, this is our case and the DEA would be like no, this is our case. They compete with each other. It, I mean, that's the vibe that I got from the movie. I don't know if that's actually like that. Which, once again, guys, I'm sorry. I need to do more research on this shit before I bring it up on the podcast. But they compete with each other. They're like, no, no, no. This is ours. You know? This is our jurisdiction. I imagine that there's a way for them to, you know, all three agencies to lay to lay charges. I imagine that there's a way for it for it to go down like that. But I also imagine that there are there are like certain sentences that you can give to somebody that one agency is like, no, you can't charge them with that because if you charge them with that, then we can't do this. It's just weird. It's not even like a checks and balances type. I guess it is kind of like a checks and balances type thing because if the ATF, the DEA, the CIA, if they were all one, That'd be a serious power problem. That would be a serious power problem. The FBI, all of them, if they were all one, you know, organization, we would have a corruption. I mean, corrupting that organization, that single organization would be very easy. Or at least, uh, less difficult than corrupting all of these different organizations. so yeah all right those were the general thoughts i had let's talk about some crazy shit that we've seen in the news all right so i'm going to summarize this i'll put the link to this in the description as well as the mandala i'll put a link to the mandala stuff in the description um a a uh, an indigenous man from Alberta with the last name Adam was tackled to the ground and punched in the face by a police officer after a verbal altercation that he had with another police officer. Now, the article that I read said something like, uh, this guy with his family it was in a truck, he left a casino, they were idling in a parking lot, and a police officer drove up behind them and started to give them shit. All right. Now this officer is talking to the people in the car, and Mr. Adam is on the passenger side. Cop is on the driver's side. I uh, shit you not, this is exactly what happened. Mister Adam gets out of the car and starts to walk around the truck, but like to the tail end. So if the so if the if the cop is here and Mister Adam gets out here, he walks behind the truck like this while he takes his 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 jacket off. So he's ruffling around in his clothes. And he's saying something like we're about to have a problem here. That's the quote that I saw or the para- paraphrasing of the quote that I saw in the in the in the article. He proceeds to walk in front of this officer, take a fighting stance, and then go back in the truck. At this point, the officer goes to the side of the truck, passenger side, and tries to get him out of there. And I assume he called for backup at this point. Long story short, the officer tries to touch Mr. Adams' wife or daughter or whatever, some woman, and he's like, oh, fuck that, you know, and he gets out and he's like, don't touch her, don't put your hands on her. And he finally ends up out of the truck. The officer starts to walk Mr. Adam to the back of the truck. And as they reach the back of the truck, he grabs... This is all on dash cam, by the way. He grabs Mr. Adam's left arm. Out of nowhere! Fucking super cop runs in, tackles him to the ground... Okay, he's on the ground and apparently he's resisting. Who knows if that's true? I don't know. Honestly, it, it probably is in the sense that Mr. Adam seemed very combative in the video. Punches Mr. Adam in the face, they roll him over, okay, arrest him, and walk him back to the cruiser. Okay, now that is objectively what happened what do i think about it what do we think about it what do you think about it let me know if you got some comments on it you can let me know but this is what i think i think that there is wrong on both sides here now when i say there's wrong on both sides here i'm not meaning to say that we need to feel sorry for the police. I'm not meaning to say that Mr. Adam is not a victim of harassment by the police. He made a point to say something like, you police are harassing me all the time, I guess. Sort of paraphrasing once again, but sounds like this is not the first time he's been harassed by police. What I am gonna say is this. You've got the right as a person to have a truck and be in a parking lot at 2 a.m., period. There's no reason why anybody should give any fuck about why you're in a parking lot at 2 a.m. There is none. Um, If the cop really thinks that you might be doing something shady, like selling drugs or fucking a prostitute, they can park in the same parking lot and just watch the truck. But to drive up behind the truck because it's idle and like pursue pursue a conversation, ask for driver's license, to do any of that. There's literally no reason. For what reason are you interacting with me, officer? That's what the that's the question that I would be asking. And we found out that I think that he's got an expired vehicle registration, but you wouldn't have known that if you didn't randomly decide, well, today, this person isn't allowed to be in a parking lot. Just seems weird to me. Just seems like the kind of thing that you really don't need to do. Like, as a cop, if you really want, if you really got nothing better to do with your night Just grab a fucking Timmy's coffee and a donut and sit in the parking lot and just watch. If somebody walks up to the truck and what what looks like a drug deal goes down or something, you could drive over and say, I have probable cause. I think that a drug deal happened here. If a woman exits the truck and starts to walk off scantily, you can say, I have probable cause. I have a feeling that there is an exchange of uh, sex for money here. But until somebody does something even remotely illegal, you have no reason to be anywhere near them. Literally, like there's just no reason. Unless the idea is that they were trespassing, which in the article, there's nothing about that. They don't say anything about trespassing being an issue. Then... This was completely unwarranted, you coming in to 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 talk to these people in this truck. So I do not believe that the, un, that, the, that the expired registration means fuck all. It means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. You wouldn't have known that had you not run plates, I assume. You can't just look at a truck and be like, oh yeah, that's an expired registration. No, you gotta fucking, you gotta investigate shit to know that. So that's the first thing, that's the first wrong. The second wrong, in my opinion, is the way that Mr. Adam acted in this video. It's fucking unacceptable, I'm sorry. It's unacceptable, you can't do that. Like, I'm not saying I don't get it, I'm not saying I don't understand, or maybe I don't get it because I'm saying this, but but I'm not saying I do not see your perspective in that maybe they fuck with you all the time Maybe you're sick of it. Maybe you're tired of it. And you got out of your truck and you walked around and took your coat off and said, we're going to have a fucking problem here to a police officer and then took a fighting pose. Look, man, first off, that cop, whoever you are, even though you're a dick for even trying to uh, instigate anything here in the first place, I want to applaud you for keeping your shit together. Because there are so many cops who just think, oh my god, he's reaching inside of his clothes, he's got a gun, and I'm going to shoot him now. You didn't do that. You kept your shit together. You stayed calm. Good. That's what you're supposed to do. Mr. Adam, man, even if, even if you're sick of these fucking people, even if you're tired of them, are you really going to get out of your truck and and, and and try to goad this cop into a fucking fist fight? Are you crazy? Man, you're an indigenous person. Do you think they're going to have mercy on you inside the justice system? Man, like, like, no. No. And even if the answer is yes, even if the answer is yes, and we have made progress, And he is not going to be tried differently. Do you want to take that chance? Like, look, I'm not saying that we haven't made progress. I'm not saying that indigenous people are still, uh, what's the word? As stigmatized as they used to be. But what I am saying is that I'm the kind of guy who is better safe than sorry. So I'm going to assume the worst. And the worst is, You happen to get the most racist judge that is alive today because the truth of the matter is I was called a nigger at a dinner table that belonged to my friend and his father was like 48, not even at that time. Okay. That's serious racism. To dole out to a 14 year old do you think a judge who's maybe 60 70 years old is completely with it man they might not be and for that reason you can't give them a reason to arrest you like that are you fucking stupid that is the dumbest thing man when I saw it I was like oh my god he's gonna get fucking shot which first off that shouldn't be my reaction because cops should not just be shooting people for that But my point is like, man, that is, you got some balls on you. You got some balls on you that you did that. Jesus Christ, you got balls. Anyways, that's the second wrong. You do not take, first off, and you threat, the thing is, you took a fighting stance. That is a physical threat. There are verbal threats and there are physical threats. And as far as I'm concerned, you take a fighting posture. In front of a police officer you're threatening them that's a threat I think they can arrest you for that too that's not what they charged him with though I don't believe I should uh, I knew what, I read what they charged him with and now I can't remember it's resisting arrest and something else um anyways man bad idea so he goes back to his fucking truck and the cop naturally is pissed off has an ego right He's not just gonna let somebody just talk to him like that he goes over not to say that this is how the cop should act but this is just the way people are unfortunately he goes over and he's trying to get this guy out of the truck right at this point I don't know what the cop is planning to charge him with I'm not entirely sure I don't know if there's a law and I should I guys I'm so sorry I really need to do my research better because I need to be telling you this stuff this, this is, I'm really learning a lot about this fucking podcast right now. Okay, so I don't know if there's a law that says you can't exit the vehicle while you are being detained or stopped by police. But if there is, he broke it, whatever that rule is, and for that reason he was being arrested. That's not what they said, though. And they also didn't charge him with threatening a police officer. So in my mind, I'm confused as to what they arrested him for. And this is, is the fourth or the, the, the third wrong. What the fuck are you guys charging this guy with? Why did you arrest him? Why did you feel the need to drag him out of his truck? Why did the other police officer feel the need to tackle somebody who clearly isn't actively resisting? And why did you feel the need to punch him in the face after having him on the ground for all of two seconds? It was excessive. <laughs> it was excessive, man. That whole arrest and the way that they did it, it was excessive. Like that was not necessary, man. So it wasn't necessary at all. But the whole thing, man, the whole thing at the end of the day is just like, it's just, everybody just did so, like, it's all so much fuckery there that uh, all I can say is that people... Okay, police, you need to fucking, you need to like tell people why you're arresting them or why you're telling them to step out of their vehicles. You can't just ask them because you feel a kind of way, okay? You've got a lot of power. You don't use that power to satisfy your own dick, okay? You don't fucking measure your cock with your power, all right? You need to fucking have some restraint and recognize that your power exists independent of you, okay? You are just wielding this power. You are not the power, okay? Somebody disrespects you, that's different than the disrespecting the power that you have. Okay, so you need to seriously consider that. That's what I think. Last two things we're going to talk about. Um, Boris Johnson said that tearing down statues and monuments is sort of like censoring our past or erasing history now you guys know in the past couple of days weeks we've talked a little bit about race and people are tearing down statues of of slave you know owners and individuals who did kind of shitty horrible awful things right and i i'll tell you what i think about that but boris johnson has said that that's wrong, and that we shouldn't be doing that. And he says, we cannot now try to edit or censor our past. We cannot pretend to have a different history. The statues in our cities and towns were put up by previous generations. They had different perspectives, different understandings of right and wrong. But those statues teach us about our past with all its faults. To tear them down would be to lie about our history and impoverish the education of generations to come." Boris, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? That makes absolutely no fucking sense at all. And I'm about to tell you why. (laughs) If you couldn't tell. I'm about to tell you why that makes no fucking sense. Okay, first off, nobody said we had to lie about Christopher Columbus's existence, for example. Okay, somebody pulled down a statue of Christopher Columbus. Nobody said we had to pretend he wasn't real. We don't pretend that Hitler didn't exist, but we don't immortalize him with a fucking statue, do we? Tearing down a statue is simply recognizing that this person does not deserve the statue. This person does not deserve the grandeur and immortality of a cast bronze statue. Bronze cast statue, they don't deserve that. Because they were a shitty fucking person, they did shitty things that we do not condone. That's what that means. I don't think anybody would protest A statue of Martin Luther King, for example. That's probably a statue that wouldn't ever be teared down. But even if 200 years from now, we find out that Martin Luther King did some fuck shit, and there are people who want a statue torn down, down, guess what? I wouldn't give a fuck. And I'm going to tell you why. Tearing that statue down... is not erasing history or lying about it. And it isn't disrespecting Martin Luther King in the sense that technically, he didn't deserve the respect of a statue in the first place. The people who put that statue up for Christopher Columbus were wrong. And what people are doing is rectifying that wrong. Now I don't think anyone's ever going to tear down a statue of Martin Luther King. I don't know why I think one exists, one must exist. If a statue of Martin Luther King doesn't fucking exist and people are complaining about tearing down Christopher Columbus's statue, the world is fucked. But they didn't deserve the statue in the first place. Not only that, what's wrong with an update? Like if, if okay, let's, let, let's, let's, let's be straight about this. Let's say you believe that because they had different beliefs and opinions back then, it's not that they didn't deserve the statue in the first place, right? They did deserve that statue because they lived their life according to the standards of that time period, okay? Say that's true. Guess what? It isn't that fucking time period anymore. That is a fact. So what does that mean for us? Well, we don't want to glorify this dickhead because we all actually have really terrible fucking opinions about them and the things that they did. So it's time for an update. What is this thing that people have where it's like, okay, once you put a statue up, you can't ever take it down. That doesn't make any sense, bro. Like, why not? Everything gets updated. The fucking iPhone gets updated. Laws get updated. Like, if, if the fact that you can update a law but you can't update a fucking statute that doesn't make any fucking sense that makes no sense at all and the thing about it that and the thing about it that's crazy is like Boris Johnson to say that we would be lying about our past it's like such a disingenuous comment because there's nothing to suggest that if somebody asked us Hey, was there ever a a, a, a a statue of Christopher Columbus that everyone would go like, fuck, he's asking the question. Shh, no, no, there was never a statue of Chris. No one would do that. We would all be like, yeah, and then we tore it down because he's an asshole. That's not going to affect your education, Boris, you fucking dumbass. Like, <laughs> I can't even believe he said that shit. And this is okay. Here's the thing. This is what you get when people who don't want to change and people who don't want to admit they're wrong need to find a justification for what they believe. You get stupid shit. That sounds like it could be an argument, but obviously isn't. That's what happens when people just don't want to change. It's like, it's like, it's like, um, okay. There was an experiment that people did psychology, psychological experiment where they used hypnosis and they got people in a trance and they said, when I, when I snap my fingers, you're going to stand up, you're going to walk over to that window and you're going to open it. Right. They snap their fingers, person gets up, walks over to the window, opens the window And then they ask them, why did you open the window? The person will rationalize what they did with with an actual explanation, even though the reason that they did what they did was because of hypnosis. The problem is they can't remember that. So they go, well, it was hot in here. That's why I opened the window. You could get them to do all kinds of crazy shit. You could get them to take off their shoes and their fucking socks. And they'd be like, oh, well, you know what? My feet were kind of sweaty, so that's why I did that. That's kind of what I feel like it is. They're just coming up with anything to explain this completely unjustifiable opinion that they have. That's what I think about it, anyways. If you're opposed to tearing statues down, I really gotta ask you: How many fucking statues do you really visit in a week? Like, are you are you a fucking statue connoisseur? Why do you care about this so much? Why do you want a what? Why do you want the statue of a slave owner to stay up? That's my question. Like, what are you gaining? What is society gaining from that? What like so? so let me. I don't understand that at all. Seriously. There is literally no benefit to that. And the benefit to tearing it down is removing symbols of hatred and and ending the glorification of awful shit. So there are more pros to tearing it down than pros to keeping it up, in my opinion. Don't see what you gain. Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. Anyways, speaking of people who don't want to change, Kelly McMillan, lady from Caledonia, owns a store, and it's called Princess and the Yard Ape. For those of you who don't know what Yard Ape is, it's a racial slur, and I'm sure you can all guess who the racial slur is referring to everybody calls black people monkeys and gorillas the yard ape refers to black people that is the original meaning of that term that's what it was used for it's like saying nigger or coon or porch monkey that's what it's like and her store is called princess and the yard ape so princess and the nigger is basically what it's called okay Kelly McMillan uh, was basically doxed uh, for for this and roasted by many people, um, and so. People are are outraged by this naturally and she's commented about her uh, store name. And this is what she says. She says, at the time in 2014, we looked up the definition and we were aware that there was a racial derogatory term of the same definition. However, since my husband is a blue collar worker, we really weren't concerned because he." Is the antithesis of the slur. So I suppose that he is the yard ape in this in this <laughs> in this context of McMillan's life. Uh, she wasn't making excuses or apologies for the name, but would bow to online pressure and change the name because I want you to know that I listen and I care. In less than, okay, when I heard that, I thought, oh my god, you know, you fucked up knowing what this meant, but putting it there anyways, but I'm glad that you at least said that. And then immediately afterwards, it says, in less than 24 hours, she backtracked the comments and said that they were not going to change the name of their business. I read this and immediately went, no, (laughs) no, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Why would you come out and say, no, we totally knew what it meant. We just didn't care because we, we we thought that maybe we could just get it to mean something else. We're sorry. And then 24 hours later, after you've had a long argument with your husband, you decide that you're going to dig your heels in. And in an era where we are tearing statues down, demanding that the Confederate flag be removed... And telling people that we can't say the R word, which I, I agree with. I mean, not that you, it's not that I agree that you can't say it, but that it is completely insensitive to say, and that it is it is hateful and that it is wrong to say it. You decide to backtrack and be like, no, I'm keeping the racial slur up on my store. It's a brand. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. She's she's in Caledonia. People know where this store is. Anybody reads this and decides that they're going to go to her store and spray paint her windows and set shit on fire in front of her store? Look, man, people don't do that. Don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. But if it happens, what am I going to fucking say? You did it to yourself. You did it to yourself. I mean, Jesus. You know it's a racial slur. You know it's a racial slur. And you're going to keep it. You knew it was a racial slur and you decided to use it. In 2014. That's like six years ago. What? Like, I I don't even... Oh, man. It'd be... Honestly, it'd be different if you had made that decision in like 1970 or something. Because that's like, you know ignorance at that time it's like almost understandable honestly 70s is kind of pushing it but okay right but even then somebody asks you about it in 2020 you better fucking change the name but it's not even that it's not even that she made this decision six years ago are you fucking kidding how how I don't understand how, I'm sorry, that's just one of, that's one of those decisions where you're just like, like, look, man, I've made some questionable decisions in my life. Man, even this podcast is a questionable decision. If any of my future employers ever see any of this shit, any of it, you know, I'm fucked. But I've decided that I want to make this work, you know what I'm saying? I want to try and do this, so. I probably wouldn't have to fucking worry about it because, look man, consistency and hard work pays off, so I'm gonna fucking do this, this is what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna keep doing it and I'm gonna become successful, and that's just it, that's what's gonna happen. But, um, my point is, me uploading all of these views and shit like this, man, this could come back to bite me, like, five years from now, I could say something in one of these videos and then somebody finds it and then they say, ah, Lavar is cancelled because he said something. you know what I mean, like, I've made questionable decisions in my life, okay? But this, I mean fuck, you made a shitty decision in 2014 and then you doubled down in 2020. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean that's just in the midst of ex- in the midst of a civil rights movement, a wave across the fucking world. you doubled down on a slur for African American and Canadian div- individuals. Oh my god! I mean the fucking foresight on that is just fucking awful. Awful Jesus. Which brings to which brings to point the last thing that I want to talk about today, okay? Can we please get the Redskins to change their name? Please? Am I the only person who's like fucking sick of this? Like who's I've been saying for years that that name is awful. I'm talking, like, that is the worst. I can't even believe that in 2020, that name for a football team exists. Entire franchises have moved. The St. Louis Rams became the LA Rams, and it was no big fucking deal, okay? You're telling me we can't change Redskins to something better? Seriously? I mean, fuck. I mean, fuck, man. It'd be the equivalent if there was a team called the Yard Apes. Like... (laughs) That's like basically the equivalent or if we had if we had the yellow skins are you fucked like and you know what the fucking crazy thing is do you know what a red skin is that the actual an actual red skin like the object people when they were like fighting within the, with Native Americans would go out kill them and then bring back their scalps and that's what a red skin actually is. It's the scalp of an indigenous person. I'm sure all of you thought it was just the skin, but it's even worse. It's even worse. Either way, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Change that. Why is that why is that still a name? I don't know. I don't know. That blows my fucking mind. I can't even Man I, I can't even believe that shit. That's really one of those things where you just like I, it's just unbelievable. It is just unbelievable that that is real. That that is still happening. It's fucking twenty twenty. Look at everything that's happening around us and the NFL like Redskins are just getting away with this. How? How? Jesus. You can't even make a joke about 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 race, and here's this fucking franchise shitting on Indigenous people, and we're all just like, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. seems legit. We're all just used to it. Fucking unbelievable. Anyways, man, that was me talking in a in a in a moderately moderately high-pitched voice at some moments for, <laughs> for an hour and 30 minutes, I got pretty excited at some moments during that, uh, that podcast there, anyways guys, big surprise coming for you, hopefully, 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 by Monday, um, we'll see if we can get it done by Monday, And, uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be fucking sweet. Uh, It's gonna be fucking sweet, and, uh, I think you guys are gonna like it. I'm gonna like it. I know that. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be positive and wonderful and awesome and fucking great. And, uh, once again, Twitter and Instagram, The Combat Addict. Uh, if you like the video, if you like the podcast, if you like hearing me talk about all kinds of shit that is sort of important but not really important but a bit important you know then you just you bang that like button and you hit the subscribe if you want or you follow me on my social media you know sometimes I post memes, and they're usually memes about fighting and some people like that so you know uh follow me there if you want I put my new videos up my new podcasts up on there if you want to listen to the podcast on Spotify ba it's called My Mouth Does the Talking. All the combat reviews are under My Mouth Does the Talking. It's on Spotify. Boom, it's on Apple. Boom, it's on Google Play. You go there, you listen to me, you don't even need to see my face. You don't even need to see my beautiful fucking face, my sexy mustache, right? I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I could seduce anybody. Riley Reed. Got, got, right. I, I, I could I could walk down the street right now spot Riley Reed and she marries me marries me she's had every man in the world every man in the world but I'll tell you right now this mustache right here this mustache right here I get Riley Reed in a heartbeat or at least that's the fantasy that's the dream right anyways guys it was fun talking with you and uh, if if you got some things you want to say to me got comments man leave them down there I respond to comments or at least I try to. So if you want to interact with me, feel free to do so. I let my mouth do the talking on this one. Combat Addict out.